chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask him how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they going to say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show him a 3% return, and I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know that. That's it. I'm done. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howard. <laughs> Eliani put me on the air real quick. SP Futures up 10, NASDAQ Futures up 35. Interesting day. We've got our CPI number coming out today, which 40 years ago was a big number. Then for 38 years, it was a nothing number. Now it's a big number again. Whatever goes around, comes around, they say. What do you say, Eliani? Kevin with us? Yeah, I am. Good morning. Whatever goes around, comes around, they say. Uh, it, that could happen. Yeah, that could happen. Whoever the they is, but but, you know. but which which direction is going around and coming around? Is there a clockwise counterclockwise aspect to this? Or uh, I think it doesn't uh, matter. The first passes goes around, and the other passes come. I think around. it might be somewhat random. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, all of a sudden, it's a. I just I just want to understand. You know the the rules of goes around comes around. Um, it was a little number. Now it's a big a big number. Little number. Now a big number again. Just saying. Okay. Um, we have uh, we have the amazing number of uh, the uh, this like reading here on uh, CNBC about this uh, lady and uh, she's a freshman senator. This what's her name? Kristen uh, Kirsten Cinema Democrat. Cinema? Yeah, held up a massive spending bill. Evidently, these guys have pointed up two million for her, her campaign in like her first first term from the securities and investment industry. That's kind of a lot. Well, okay, so now we sort of understand um, her stance on that silly bill. Yeah, and uh, the uh, the bill instead imposed a one percent tax on all corporate share buybacks along with a minimum corporate tax rate of 15% on companies with more than 1 billion in revenue. I don't I don't see how that is going to how that works, but it's kind of weird. Um does that mean you can't have two sets yeah, of a little. Does that mean you can't have two sets of books anymore, a tax book and a regular book? No, I think it means you must have two sets of books. Well, what they're saying is is our, our dear departed friend Bob told us one day uh, in great detail I mean, it's, it was n- for years and year decades. People have had essentially two sets of books with a couple of different ways you depreciate stuff and other things. Uh, that was perfectly legal because you could tell people you made like you know two billion dollars. In fact, you told you told the IRS you made one billion because you did your depreciation schedule differently. I mean, I'd, most people probably don't know that, but you can do that and. Uh, now they're saying that you have to pay a minimum 15% tax on the stuff you report to shareholders. Which probably means that uh, there's no point in doing that anymore, right? Well, there is and there isn't. Um, it, I mean, what you're really saying is, uh, it, you know, just to, to back it up and clarify, is the way you would calculate net income for, uh, for GAAP, basically, 
great ways that the tax code gets manipulated to create incentives or potentially disincentives um, is instead of depreciation, they refer to it as the cost recovery schedule. And the cost recovery schedules are built to... Um, uh, they're not the same. You think of you think of depreciation, for example, that you might buy a truck, and you figure the truck has a five-year useful life. And if you know you have some choices about how you depreciate it, and as long as it's disclosed, it's okay. But if you think of straight-line depreciation, uh, you're looking at uh, if you spend fifty thousand dollars on the truck, you can charge ten thousand dollars a year uh, as expense, and that's going to go into your public reporting of your income, what you report to your shareholders, what you put on your annual statements, and so on. But for tax purposes, if you want to create an incentive to buy a truck, then what you do is you say you buy a truck for five years, but you can take 50% of it in the first year, and then the next four years you can take 25% of the remaining balance. And that means that your taxable income is going to be lower this year, so you save tax money. Um, so that's you know that's what it is. It's not really two sets of books per se. It's just a different calculation for tax purposes compared to um, uh, compared to the net income that you report on your annual report. But your annual report and has what the footnotes. government is saying now is on the latter. Now you have to uh, you, you know you have to take fifteen percent or the tax calculation, whichever is higher. Um. Right, and there were always was. Yeah, I explain that in an understandable way. As, as, under, as understandable as, as understandable as it could be, uh, but there always was a way. I got you, it. If you actually read the annual report, you could back from one to the other, and Bob sure not to do it. I mean, there's a footnote. Well, it, yeah, I mean, there's there's a line there's a line item on your report that says your tax. You know, and and I don't you know I don't know if there's annual reports that actually have a. Um, I, you know, I, I don't read that many of them anymore. But if, if they actually have the uh, the tax calculation on it, but you know that that's that's always the uh, you know they, they talk about percentages and uh, so on. It is always the cost recovery schedules that matter the most. Right, and that's that's why they're setting this ten percent or fifteen percent thing is because they're they're saying. You know, we have all these companies. We we bemoan that they don't pay taxes, so so to speak, that their that their tax liability is zero, even though um, they turned a profit. And that's how they do it: is that the cost recovery schedules are built in there, such that uh, you know that you can you can start charging off a lot of things in the short term uh, that knock down your tax liability. And that's why I always say the rate doesn't matter a bit if you can get your tax liability, you know, to uh, you know, if your taxable income down to zero, or your taxable, you know, taxable income to a very small number, then who cares what the rate is? Well, you, know, you can make right. the rate twenty percent. You can make it thirty percent. You can make it fifty percent. You know, char- take fifty percent of zero. It's still zero. Well, the idea is that one of these days it's supposed to come back. That if you, uh, you know, if you if you depreciate the truck faster the first year, well, in four years from now you're not as fast, and it should come back at you. It should be a it shouldn't be a permanent delay. It should be somewhat of a, uh, you know, a deferral. A deferral, and somewhere in it's your a deferral. Um, but the problem with that is, is that we keep coming up with new and different deferrals every year because we screw around with the tax code all the time, to- all the time. Well, plus the idea that 
and and as a result, then we decide that if we want to collect taxes from everybody, you know, eighty-seven thousand new uh, uh, IRS agents is the way to go. Don't simplify the tax code so that everybody can follow it very easily, and that there's not a lot of ways around it. Instead, let's just go hire eighty-seven thousand agents. Why, why do we pick uh, eighty-seven? The ones we have, and we'll call that smart thinking. Why is eighty-seven the number, and not eighty-six or eighty-eight? Uh, because you know we had to we had to uh, designate a few extras just for you. Now where are we going to put all these people? I mean, we have the building we bought for the Elizabeth Warren's Consumer Affairs place that has what fifteen thousand people. We have no idea what they do. Why don't we just move those, give them a test, and if they don't make it over to the IRS, just fire them all or something? There's got to be. Well, you know what they're going to do. They're all going to work from home. Yeah. There's got to be 87,000 people. And we know they'll be well-managed and and, uh, very productive working from home. Um, Yeah. I don't... uh, I'm not sure exactly what... uh, Somebody showed a picture once of uh, the GE tax return one year, and it was basically floor-to-ceiling if you actually printed it out, which, of course, nobody probably does. Um, So we're going to get... How many people are going to start going through this thing line by line or what? I, I don't know. I, I'll tell you what. They, they, they go back to all these agents. One of the one of the great lies that uh, was being told on the uh, on the Sunday shows uh, was that well, they're not all going to be uh, they're not all going to be going after American taxpayers. Uh, there's there's a, a lot of them are just going to be available to take phone calls to provide better service. Right. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, eighty. So do they get eighty-seven thousand phone calls a year, a day? Everybody gets to take one phone call a day. Is that how? Is that how this is going to work? Well, it's, it's or, a total. Or cut it in half and say half of them are going to be, you know, field agents, and the other half are going to be answering phones so that you make sure your call gets answered. And so, it, you know, it's really only a little over forty thousand. So that means what? Does the IRS really get forty thousand calls a day? Well, it's, it's the interesting part about. Um, the taxes, it's, it's really not the income tax, well, probably a little untrue, but it's really not the income tax that causes everybody to have to pay these taxes. It's it's the idea that the, the companies have to withhold. They have to withhold. Can you imagine how hard it would be for them to go get all this money from people? Everybody, yeah, everybody I, would, I can't imagine how hard it would be. Yeah, it's a... Uh, well, you know, it, it's when you when you talk about, you know, I'll dig the thing up here so let people, I might as well give the right number if I'm going to give it, um, you know, this whole concept of, of corporate taxes to me is is is, is but a, I mean, I don't know, it's such a mirage. I really don't understand why you don't tax corporations, which allegedly are people. Um, why you don't tax them <clears throat> the same way you do people? And oh, by the way, if you pay out a dividend, that's deductible, and let the let the person getting a dividend deal with that. I don't. I'm absolutely stunned as to why we can't do something that simple. This idea of these, <coughs> oh, God, somebody overseas, uh, some corporation there pays less or something, something. May I, you know, and I, but I think you need some kind of a, of a rule that says if you can't, if you're telling us all your taxes are overseas, we want the percentage of, your taxes are going to be on a percentage of sales. And, and if we have to do that, there's going to be a huge penalty. You, these 87,000 people, in other words, if Starbucks, for instance, has eighty percent of their sales in the U.S. and they tell you that eighty percent of their profit is in Ireland. Um, I, I got a problem with that. I mean, I think there needs to be some sort of a of a uh, hey, buddy, what are, what are you doing? 
50% of your sales are here, 80% of your profits are here. You don't, you're not going to run the coffee beans through Ireland and say you make all your profit in, in transfer pricing of the, cro- of the coffee beans. And uh, for those that don't know what transfer pricing means, it's when you have different plants, say, in, the, in your same company, uh, you have to imply a price that you're paying from one division to the other. We don't have to, but that's the way most people do it. So in other words, if, if uh, Nike makes a pair of shoes in China, the Nike, maybe Nike here, maybe that might have a different uh, name for it. It might be a Nike Kevin Inc. over in Wuhan or whatever province it is. Well, you need a transfer price. You need to figure out a way who does what. So in, or, in order to keep people, to keep the profits right within the company and try and figure out which part of the company is making money. So you can easily say, I'm, I'm buying, say it costs you five bucks to make the Nikes, which is probably high. You can say, well, I'm, I'm buying the Nikes from my plant in, in, China, in, in China for 80 bucks. And I'm selling them for 100 here, so I'm only really making them 20 bucks here with all the overhead and stuff. I'm even. When in fact, the place in China is now up, whatever, 75. But, but you know, that doesn't pass a smell test. But these companies are pretty good. Even our late friend Bob would say they never go after people for transfer pricing problems. Now, does that mean these 87,000 people will? That, that's how you have, uh, you know, a place like Starbucks, and this is years ago, so I'm not, I don't know what they're doing today, having most of their profits from their European stores in Amsterdam, when they only had a couple stores in Amsterdam, and they had, like, what, how many hundred in London? You do transfer prices. Well, we're buying the beans from Amsterdam. We're, we're paying 4 bucks a pound for the beans. The transfer pricing is supposed to be competitive, but if it's your own stuff, it doesn't take much to move it one way or the other, does it, Kevin? I mean, yeah, it doesn't take much to move it one way or another. You are required by law to to have it be at least materially, at least materially it has to reflect the real cost. Um, you, you can push it one way or another, but if they wanted to go after you, um, you know, that, that would be a place to look. And, you know, I know that because I've been, I've been involved in intercompany charges like that in the past. And, you know, that for a smaller business, I'm not talking about a major multinational corporation that can put process into place for this, but for a smaller business, you need to simplify it because you can't have all your people spending all their time gathering up information saying, I made three widgets for them this, uh, this week and only, only two last week and, you know, and, and all that. So you, you can come up with things that m- will materially uh, reflect the uh, the cost of it, but that they not, aren't necessarily perfect. And I think that idea, you know, that's where you can take advantage of the system is with that idea that uh, you don't have to be perfect. Well, and uh, it, you don't have it to be. it becomes a matter of how imperfect you are. Well, now, then it, now for somebody, if I just said about the GE tax return, for somebody to dive in there and say, this this part of an aircraft engine is made in Ireland, and we're going to overprice that part because the the taxes in Ireland are less than they are here. I mean, I challenge if it's thirty percent, forty percent different than it ought to be, and not like five hundred percent. I really challenge anybody to dig through that stack of stuff to the ceiling and try and find that line item and, and penalize them for it, Kevin. I mean, I, I don't know how you do that. I couldn't. I mean, you could stick Bob in there for like a month, but what a waste of time, huh? I mean, you really are. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's it's really hard. Again, you know, this is why do we have such a complicated tax code? Why do we do it that way? Well, um, 
uh, because there's a whole lot of power tied up in controlling the code. And so we don't, you know, we, uh, we, we have uh, legislators that don't want to give up that power. Um, so we wind up just with a, uh, you know, with a constant tinkering of the, uh, you know, constantly tinkering with the tax code rather than simplifying it. Well, I mean, I, I don't, simplify I don't it. Think, think of everything that, think of all the benefits that you can, you can get from a simplified tax code. But I, mean, I used to, it's, it's a long list. I used to argue constantly with my buddy Dr. J with exactly what you're saying. And I, I think, it's 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 really not that simple, Kevin. I don't I don't know how you if you go simple, you got to go. I don't. Know, I'm going to say you almost got to go simple, but I mean, what you end up doing is you end up the tax code gets more complicated because a because people got workarounds, you know, which is which is, you're you're talking about the stuff in there that that shouldn't be. Yeah, in the there. people the people that they you always claim that the the, the politicians always claim they're trying to make pay their fa- fair share. Yeah, are the people who can afford. The attorneys and the accountants that will find them the workarounds. Okay, but I'm so saying you, ne- you never get what you think you're going to get from them. Uh, I I I think you do. I think they know what the, what you're going to get. Uh, the, the the company that rams it through certainly knows. But I'm saying on, on a simpleton level, I'll try and well, be simple. But but when they when they talk about you know getting people to pay their fair share, that's what I mean. Whatever this quote fair share is, is not uh, is not what happens. Right, but but. Let, let work it up from the base. I'm going to say I'm 50% with you. I'm all about the base. Yeah, well, I'm, no I'm fi- trouble. Well, I'm 50% with you on this, but 50% sort of oh, yeah, uh, in, in the opposite direction. I'm sure she did. Yes, in, the did. Ap- in the opposite direction because let's say, for instance, stocks and jacks. All of a sudden we've got people pouring in millions of dollars for advertising. Now, that would be nice. Um, and we sit there and go, wait a minute. Now, if it was a simple tax code that says, okay, you got to pay... 25% of your, your income, well, that's easy enough. You know, we pay for the airtime, and we pay for this and that, and pay for producers and whatever else we pay for. Uh, maybe even pay me. Who knows? Uh, so after all that's done, you pay 25%. Well, that would be very simple. That would be very easy, Kevin. All of a sudden, we go, you know what? Screw that. Why don't we take our, our, our uh, trademark, Stacks and Jacks, and we'll put, uh, <laughs> let's say Thomas. He's got nothing better to do. We're going to put him in Bermuda. And you know he likes Bermuda. He likes the beach. And every oh, he loves the shirts that they have there. Oh yeah, he loves the shirts. So then we uh, we say, okay, we're going to have uh, some some wholly owned sub- subsidiary down in Bermuda, and and Thomas is going to be a consultant. And once a week, he sends in the now we, we've got the uh, trademark down there. Now he's going to send in the schedule. Let's see, Little Matt on Monday and Friday, Eliani on Tuesday and Wednesday, and Big Matt on Thursday. Well, he sends that in. We couldn't do the show without that. We needed a producer, right? So we're going to spend ten grand a month for Thomas's consulting fee. And oh, by the way, we're going to rent our trademark back from there for twenty grand a month. So now thirty grand a month of the of the forty we're making is now going to be shown as income in Bermuda. Now I don't know what Bermuda's tax rate. I assume it's lower than here. All right, if, if that's not in the code, if you don't think about it, now just what happened to your simple code? Somebody got around it. It's not simple anymore. So now somebody has to sit there and go, wait a minute, look what these bleeps are doing. Are we going to stop this or not? Now your code, they have to write something in the code. No, you can't do that somehow. Or any, I mean, so it, it gets, it's going to get more complicated as people file, find a way around the simple code. So it's going to grow on its own anyway. And, and while that's true, 
you can still take it back to something like the cost recovery schedules and simplify. Well, you can you can do what they used to do in the or, training. Or, or eliminate them altogether. We, you know, we don't want businesses reporting on a cash basis. I, I don't think that's 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 not the intent of, of, of accounting in general. But uh, but you could you know you can you can stop screwing around for for every policy change you want to make. You can stop screwing around with the tax code. Now, if you want to start dealing with the the individual situations, like how you go about offshoring, I'm all for it. But in the meantime, though, the rest of it doesn't have to be as complicated as it is. Well, on the, on the trading floor, and this I don't know how this ever passed, not being an attorney, how this ever passed legal muster. Uh, they used to have, well, here, here's a list of like 10 things you, you couldn't do. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're having an open outcry situation, everybody's supposed to hear every trade and it's supposed to be an auction market. I mean, it's pretty obvious, you know, things you can't do. You can't like sneak in, you can't, you know, whisper a trade, those kinds of things. And then at the end of it, like rule number eleven was, anything else that would be against the just and, princi- and equitable principles of trade. So there was kind of an overriding. If if we haven't thought of it yet and we see it, we'll know right away that it's not the way people people can operate in, a, in an open outcry system. And we'll know right away. You, if you thought of something we didn't think about, by the way, that's illegal too. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't know if you can do that in a tax. Right, code. But what what was the recourse at that point? We make you stop. Yeah. Yeah. We you know we don't go back and and retro fine you okay that's uh, that's fine um, unfortunately when it's the government's involved they go back and they fine you well but or it's they also imprison you it's also or whatever a, and if you trust them to uh, to size things up in a in a just and equitable way I think we've watched over the years them not being so good at that. well but we also have I mean, I'm going to say that for instance I'm shifting gears here a little bit. The issue with the uh, Amazon and their history with state taxes for the last 20 years. I honestly don't have any problem going back and if uh, you know if Pritzker's wife has ordered 15 TVs over over the uh, over the internet for or, uh, for the last 20 years. I got no problem getting her to, getting her to tax for 15 years. I really don't. Just because so until you get caught, you get to keep what you what you stole. Yeah, I hear you, but that was against the law in the first place. That's different than yeah. saying, "Okay, you found a way around it. We're going to tell you to stop doing that." All right. Well, I'm gonna, but here's here's the thing: is everybody keeps talking about these poor corporations, just as a way of reviewing. You know, I hate to do this to everybody because I hate to do it to myself. You really need to look at these numbers: income tax revenue for the government from like all the schmucks like us, two point five four two trillion dollars. It's a real number. Payroll tax revenue of everybody paying all the people that they say pay no tax, it's a trillion four four four. So, if you make a hundred dollars, you owe these guys fifteen bucks. So the idea that you know if you don't pay income tax, you don't pay taxes is such BS. I can't go there. Uh, tariffs sixty six billion dollars. Corporate tax revenue three ninety one. So corporate tax is uh is what we've got f- roughly four trillion four trillion five. And they pay three ninety one. So what's that? Eight percent, seven percent. So it's not like they're they're they're, they're pouring the money in here, Kevin. And I think and I think if you go back twenty years, you'll find they were over ten percent. They, they were never like thirty or forty, but I mean they they, they keep sinking down all the while. They're they're, they're crying poor mouth, right? So I mean the, the, it's not like you know this idea that if we if we if we taxed Pfizer, oh god, they'll never have a dime for research. I mean, come on. I mean, uh, and uh, you know, same thing with this the senator. 
if we if we tax the lawyers and the hedge funds at a regular rate, and we can't do that. I mean, when you and I can pay the regular rate. I mean, but the thing that has me, uh, we'll, maybe we'll talk about it after the break. I also spent a long time talking to my lawyer buddy last night about how you get search warrants. Pretty interesting because maybe we should talk a little bit about what went on in the, the Trump thing. Anyway, SP futures up ten, as if he's up forty two. CPI number is in one hour. Uh, and we'll have that. We'll be all over that one, of course. We'll be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation of the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks, and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Right here, right now, right now. Hello, Rock Bay Stacks and Jacks. Tom, Tom, how? 
Uh, Eliani on the board. SP futures up 10. NASDAQ futures up 42. We've got the uh, Dow futures up 72. I don't really see any uh, major moves. We got Disney up a buck 02. I think they have earnings tonight. Microsoft up 95 cents. We got Salesforce up 71. So nothing, nothing crazed here. Uh, we've got Twitter up a buck 47. As uh, Elon Musk sold uh, 7.9 million Tesla shares yesterday, worth 6.88 billion dollars. So. That that whole Twitter episode has seemed to be heating up. I don't know if, if that's why he sold it or if it's for tax reasons or whatever. But uh, anyway, over in Asia, we've got uh, Nikkei down 180.6%, Shanghai down 17.5%, Hang Seng down 392, 19,610. That's almost another 2%. Uh, China's inflation rises. So that's one of the reasons why Hang Seng is down here. But Hang Seng, again, I mean, uh, I'll give you a big number here. This thing's been good. I mean, it really is not. It had a it had a spike low in uh what the hell is this? It had a spike low in March. On March uh this is interesting. It traded on March fourteenth. Must have been a COVID day or something. Uh, I traded t- down to eighteen thousand four one five. Then the next day it was back to uh twenty thousand. So it rate a huge spike down and a massive spike up. And right now we're down to this one ninety six other than that day, and, and one day in uh, in 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 in, um, in May where we got down to let's see, actually uh, one day in May where it dropped down to nineteen thousand three hundred. This is really the lowest it's been. So we got to keep an eye on that one because Hang Seng is uh, just just keeps sliding. Uh, over in over in Europe, we've got the uh, Dax up sixteen point one percent, FTSE up ninety cents. Call that flat. Kick around down five, call that flat. So they're waiting for this number here as well. Yesterday, Dow was down 58, <clears throat> S&P down 17. NASDAQ, however, was down a uh, full 1.2%, down 150 points, m- mostly on uh, the chips were down again all day. Um, pretty pretty crazy. That we would think those guys would be doing well with a shortage, but evidently they are not. <coughs> We've got uh, the bonds, 10 years unchanged at 2.80. The bond uh, unchanged, 0.92. Japan on chain. Well, actually, Japan's up two basis points to 0.19. We've got oil down 161, 88.89, back back under 90 bucks. Rent down a dollar 69, 94.62. Your natural gas down four cents, 7.79. Arbob down. Arbob is down three cents, 2.93. We've got gold up 6.40 to 18.05, which is pretty much right where it was yesterday morning. Uh, silver down a dime, 20.37. Uh, copper up a penny, 3.59. We've got Bitcoin on up 31, 23,094, back up over 23,000. And we've got the U.S. dollar versus the euro. Uh, the euro's up 35 uh, basis points to 1.024. A lot of stuff, Eliani. What do you got for us, Trevor Weather Sports? Good morning, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Currently 6.35 a.m. on August 10th. Let's actually look at last night's games. Uh, Sox had a doubleheader against KC Royals last night. First game, they won 3-2. Second game, they lost 4-2. Cubs lost to the Nationals last night, 6-5. And Diamondbacks beat the Pirates last night, 6-4. Looking at weather in Chicago this morning, beautiful morning so far. Very, very sunny. Currently sitting at 60 degrees. It's going to heat up to 84. We're going to have a low of 58 tonight. Looking at weather in Phoenix today, there is an air quality alert just to start this off. But at the moment, it's currently mostly cloudy, 86, with a high of 101, low of 84. Looking at traffic in Chicago, we have traffic eastbound on 290 between Highway 45 and Austin. Eastbound on I-90 between the 294 Tri-State Ramp and Lawrence. We have traffic eastbound on 94 between North Racine and Canal Port. And westbound between West Garfield and West Division with an accident just before the 
uh, the ramp that gets you onto the Stevenson. Uh, intermittent traffic northbound on 55 between North Weber and Kingery with an accident at Cass Avenue, and then traffic picks back up again at Route 171, and that takes it all the way to the 94 East Ramp. And finally, we have traffic northbound on 57 between Route 83 and the 94 East Ramp. Back to you, Chief. Um, Kevin, I was talking to my, my friend Bill last night, my attorney buddy, and uh, of course in Chicago, we've had all issues with search warrants like kind of forever. I remember going back to the the two Black Panther guys that got shot, right? And was it Hanrahan was a district attorney. It was back when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And he says the process, somebody, usually an individual, like a policeman or somebody, has to essentially swear out an affidavit saying they saw something in somebody's place or they were there and they saw a huge hunk of cocaine and, by the way, the guy invited him over for more. And what, There's usually somebody that has to swear that something is going to be in that place. It has to be serious probable cause that something is there. Um, and then you have to go to a, a judge or a magistrate, and I don't quite know the difference because uh, he thought this guy was a judge, but it said it said magistrate. I don't know what that means. Um, but anyway, and they have a ma- to... A magistrate is... Um, it, it's sort of a judge. A magistrate judge is appointed by the judges in that circuit, whereas the, the uh, federal judges are appointed by the president and confirmed by Congress. So this was not a federal judge? This was a, like a... No, it, it, I mean, he's, he's part of the federal system, the, the one that issued this warrant, but he's a magistrate judge, so he was not... Uh, you know, the original, the original thing was, well, he was approved by a, a Trump-appointed judge. It was not. It was approved by a magistrate judge. Well, and the... So what? I actually have a definition here, if you guys okay. want. Well, yeah, go ahead. So it says here, while district judges can hear any matter falling within the district court's broad jurisdiction, the duties of a magistrate judge vary from district to district. Magistrate judges may be authorized to preside in almost every type of federal trial proceeding except for felony cases. Okay, because in Chicago, if you're appointed as a district, a Cook County judge versus elected, you can't, you can't well, it used to be, you couldn't uh, oversee a death penalty case, but now there are no death penalty cases. But that was that was the dividing line here. Mm. Anyway, but what he, what he was saying is, it's it doesn't always specifically say, you know, what you're looking for. Once you get in there, depending on your person, the personality of the people, they can pretty much do whatever they want. So in other words, if you if if you suspect there's a a pound of cocaine, and you walk in and there it is on the dining room table, you can still trash the place. Thinking there might be more, you know, you don't, you don't have to. So, in other words, if 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 I just from what I've been reading, and nobody seems to know, if Trump is being accused of taking out ten boxes of secret documents, which strikes me as kind of odd, because the guy didn't want to read them when he was in the White House. So, why he would take them with him and read them on his own time? I mean, the, the rumors were flying. The dude never read anything and never wanted to go to any of the the, the meetings anyway for national security. That's, and stuff. that's not what I read about him. I read that he had like a three-inch stack of printed stuff every morning to read. Yeah, I, well, well, I'm sure he did. But the question is, did he read it? Anyway, but we, don't, we, we can just speculate there. But I, well, my point is, I guess, if you walk in and the first thing you do is bump into the dining room table and there's the six boxes you're looking for right there, I don't think you have to stop there. I think you just you just keep going, which is... Bizarre, and I, I said, "How do you open a safe?" They they use the fire department jaws of life to open. How, how would they, how would you open up a safe with that, Kevin? Oh, I thought I'd, again. I've only heard bits and pieces about this. I was uh, hanging out in Peru, Indiana, for a couple of days. Um, is that different and, than Peru, uh, Peru? Huh? Is that different than Peru, Peru? 
it, it, very different from Peru, Peru. It is a, uh, they have a circus museum there, so it's known as Circus City. Um, really? Yeah. Well, they also have one in Baraboo, Wisconsin. That's where Ringling Brothers are. Yeah, over. yes, they do. But at any rate, um, it, you know, I, I, so I've, I've only heard bits and pieces, and so I, I really don't know what to make of this. I don't know if he's accused of stealing documents to hide things. Um, I don't know if he's if this is something that should have been taken care of with a simple subpoena or a negotiation. Um, I, I don't know if they've been asking for it for for documents for months, and he's and they refuse to to provide them. I have no idea what the story is, so I don't know if this raid was even this it was appropriate or not. I I, I just have no idea. What I do know is, boy. <laughs> People are lined up on sides on this, and and there's there's an element in there of this guy's just such a miserable human being. It doesn't really matter as long as it, you know he deserves whatever he gets. There's a certain element of that which you know we've had lots of discussions about that kind of thinking, and I know you you know Blagojevich has been the example that you've used. There are uh, other people who say. Um, he he may have been hiding stuff related to the January sixth um, riot, and uh, and that that's what they're really after. Uh, and uh, there are people who are saying this is just banana republic stuff, where they're out to get a political opponent. And honestly, I'm going to have to spend a lot more time because uh, I didn't get home till last night. I'm going to have to spend a lot more time trying to figure it out for myself. My first thing. My first instinct is it's all of the above. It could be, but then again, it's the first, the first un, uh, un, unintellectual guess at it. Um, but like, like my friend said, he goes, "I'm glad they didn't ask me. I wouldn't have signed it because I'd, I'd want one that was really." <laughs> Plus, there doesn't seem to be any. Uh, he says if they want, they can, they can, they can, they can think this guy's a sneaky dude. He just plasterboard this wall. They could bust down your walls, looking for stuff inside the walls. I don't I don't I suspect if these guys really trashed it, we'd have had we'd have had pictures about that now. So I'm guessing they didn't do that. I hope they didn't. Uh but Yeah, I I heard somebody going on about, you know, they wouldn't let his attorneys observe. Because they're uh, supposed to give you receipts for stuff they take. That right? doesn't seem right, uh if it if it's the truth. And and again, I I'm not buying anything that's the truth unless yeah. they Get a whole lot of corroboration. Uh, so far, from anymore. what I'm looking on, because I'm, I'm as I'm as you guys are talking, I'm kind of looking because I'm I'm curious as to like what specifically incited the raid. So it was initially mainly for looking. The, he, apparently, he left the White House with confidential documents and took it home. So they were searching for that, and then while searching for that, they were also looking for other things. But that's really what what incited it. That was the kind of like the oh the oh damn like oh god. They have to go over there is because he took confidential records from the White House, potentially damning ones, and took it home and put it in his safe. Someone at the yeah, White House, so that, someone at the White House that used to work for him. Eliani is, yeah. Did did somebody go to him and say, "Hey, you're not entitled to those documents. Give them back." Did somebody go get a court order to get them back? There was, there was, uh, yeah. So there was. Or there was did they just say, "Oh, he's probably got documents. Let's go get him." So there was a search warrant that kind of, kind of like initiated the escalation of all of this. And according to NPR, um, 
Trump was reached out to, and he ignored the warrant. So he he told him to piss off. He gave him the cyber finger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. So and then they obviously they may ha- they may ha- you know they might have used that to look for other things, but that's what. In- so someone was informed that the former president Donald Trump took confidential documents, potentially damning ones, and damning to who? And le- and left left the White House, damning to him. Oh, okay. Obviously. Um, but yeah, so that's what instigated this, from what I can tell. Well, they, they, could, they could, and that, that that seems to be the most like that that this whole, that story seems to be the most consistent upon all platforms. So, um, yeah, just FYI. I just, I just okay, think you, you did some of my homework for me. Thank you. I, I just think you got to well, go. You got to tread real lightly when you do stuff like this. I mean, I you know you got to be really. I you know, well, I'll tell you what. If they're trying to get Trump reelected, they're doing a really good job of uh, hardening support for him. Um, among his base. Question is, how big's the yep. base? But I, I think there's also, uh, you know, I, I, I just have a sense of it that there's, there's a lot of people that didn't care much one way or the other, and and that they're sort of creating this, you know, this idea that he's not being treated fairly. Well, I, I didn't think Lagoya. Whether it's, was, whether it's yeah. true or not, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying, you know, if you want to. If you want to harden support, if you want to make somebody a sympathetic character, this will do it. Well, I think they totally screwed Blagojevich, but that doesn't mean I want him back as governor. Right. I understand. I just, what, what do you think, just as, a, as a, a political question, I mean, and again, I'm not a, I'm not a massive uh, studier of politics, but it seems to me that in our lifetime, the idea was you always had, I'll use the term, crazies, extremists, whatever you want to put in each party. And they were like the ten percenters, and you had to go over there and, and get their check because for some reason there no people had the money or most of it. Then you had to wander your way back into the middle because that's where most of the votes were, and people would uh, actively court the middle group because you had your ten percent. The other guys had their ten percent. Now it seems like with the the uh, the last several elections, if you can get your core base up to thirty percent. You almost are willing to take a shot that nobody's going to like the other person enough that you're going to pick up another twenty along the way, and let the other person have forty nine, or you're going to pick up twenty one. It's well, it's, it's been a reasonable strategy because the people involved have been so unlikable. Yeah, and, and, and the the middle group doesn't seem to. I mean, it clearly was the case with the Hillary situation because all you needed was was twenty or twenty five percent really in your camp because. She had people like me that wouldn't vote for her if, it, if she was the only person in town, just because of the stuff what she did at Whitewater and places like that. But I, you know, I don't know how many people even remember all that stuff. But the uh, but the point is, she didn't have that thirty percent base, and a lot of people just flat out didn't like her. So what you picked up was a lot of people not going to the polls. Uh, you know, how much was the polling down from the Obama second term? So you if you can if you come in with your twenty or twenty five percent. Crazies or otherwise loyalists, let's say, uh, you can you can work your way in there now. And we're, I'm going to say, 30 years ago, nobody would ever dream that, Kevin. You mean you needed to get from your group into that middle group because the middle group was probably 70 percent of the votes. I don't think it is anymore. But what, what, what right now, no matter who the Democrats run or who the Republicans run, how many people do you think are swing votes as a percentage? It's not 70. I don't think it's 10, but it's nowhere near as big as it used to be. 
Yeah, I'm not sure what the number is. What you know, I'm the, not the people who would call themselves independents. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that. Uh, I mean, there, there's but that's a knowable number that you know that's out well, there in the ether. Although there's a lot of people that just don't like to admit things to. Well, even even this this raid. How, how, how much how much is this drop down party lines? Is Bill? How much is this drop down party lines? But the the the, the part that uh, I was talking to, uh, you know, again my my buddy last night, and he was the scary part is everybody thinks if you're fighting not everybody but if you're fighting on both sides if you're red or you're or blue or wherever you are uh, everybody thinks that the Democrats push this bill through that only Democrats are going to make money on this thing I, I think people maybe at least think about the possibility that when it comes to money in Washington they're all brothers I mean, it's not like this, this plant in Ohio that they're, that they're giving money to it could very well be in a Republican district and the Republican there is taking credit for it. I mean, it's not like, even though they might vote against it, it doesn't mean they're not going to take credit. It, it's, it's kind of a smushed up world, or whatever you want to call it. It's almost like bizarre world, isn't it? I mean, the, governor, the, Republic, the governor of Ohio is Republican, right? I think. And he's taking credit for uh, it. I think so, too. So he's taking credit for it. So, so it's not like well, the because, money doesn't. Because um, you've you got a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of Rick Blaine's when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, remember remember what you said? They asked his affiliation. No, that was uh, what's his name? Rick Blaine and Casablanca. No, they asked what's his and name. It was his affiliation. Oh, he's he a, drunk. a drunkard. He's a drunkard. And the other guy said it. The winds the winds are blowing from Vichy, so I'm with Vichy. Uh, Claude Rains. He goes, I, I blow with the wind, right? And right now the winds are coming from Vichy. Wasn't that his his comment to the same question? So yeah, I mean, but it, so it's not like you know all these dirty Democrats have stolen all this money. I'm, I'm going to say it's probably at least <laughs> the, the, the amounts going to Republicans too, and they're taking credit for it. So I mean, it's 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 almost like if you look at this and you go, could this really be 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 truth in today's world? Oh God, these guys suck. This this bill sucks. Oh, by the way, your 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 district's money, sir. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, anywho. Hey, so what about? Uh, um, this huge contract that the the Big Ten's thinking they're, they're going out for bid with. Uh, well, when are we going to make these people taxable bodies? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd be all, all for it tomorrow. The uh, what well, they they had uh, a, some, uh, NBC and ABC and uh, well, ABC's out of this particular contract, but uh, uh, NBC, CBS, and Fox um, are taxable entities, and they'll probably lose money on it. So, <laughs> well, so they. The Big Ten has their own network, and they were tied at the hip to ESPN, correct? Uh, partly ESPN's uh, Fox uh, also had a, they also had a contract with Fox, um, and um, it seems to me, yeah, Fox and ESPN. So you you would see um, you would see their main game on Fox with uh, Gus Johnson yelling through the whole thing. And then you would catch um, all of their other games on some affiliate of ESPN or on the Big Ten Network. Okay, so the now Big Ten uh, Network, the Big Ten Network was a partnership with Fox Sports. So it, you know, I think Fox had like fifty percent or sixty percent of the Big Ten Network was their equity stake in it. Okay, so now those contracts are up and are going out for bid, and the other guys are saying we're going to bid more, or are they just trying to outbid them right now? Well, they're outbidding them. The ESPN is bowed out. They, they said they're they're out of it. They're not going to do it. Um, so it's looking like 
Uh, it's going to be Fox is going to have the prime game. Uh, CBS will have some part of the contract. I think the secondary game, and uh, and then NBC is going to do their night games. Okay, so now we're we're dropping from cable to free TV essentially. In in many cases, free TV. Although you can bet with NBC involved, that will mean Pe- Peacock is involved. So there'll be some streaming stuff in there. Um, and uh, I, you know, CBS has also has CBS Sport Network. So I, you know, I not having seen details of any of this and just looking at a little bit of it this morning. Uh, I you know, it, it's it's just like ESPN has what five networks or four networks or something like that. You know, all of these have their over-the-air networks that are, you know, kind of your traditional uh, sports outlets, but they also all have cable networks and streaming services. How much, uh, if you had to guess, if all of a sudden you put the Super Bowl or whatever on ESPN instead of ABC, say ABC has it that year, how many people do you think don't have capability to get, like, the uh, at least the... You know, I have no 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 idea, but I bet it's a bigger number than I think. Don't have the ability. Well, don't they put the po- isn't is an example. Tom isn't the college football playoff on ESPN solely. Um, I think I it was. I believe it is. I think it was because it's a Monday night deal, right? So, but uh, I guess I'm saying I wonder how many. If you look at your cable, which I'm, I'm about ready to get rid of, because I never watch it. But if you if you look at your cable, you've got your your, your basic basic package, which gives you. You know, your home shopping gives you CNBC, gives you a bunch of stuff, right? Uh, CNN, that kind of thing. Uh, and then the next level up includes, like, the ESPN, right, and most cable systems. And then if you go further than that, then you get, like, the Golf Channel and other stuff. But I wonder how many people in the, in the country do not have access to ESPN. That, you know, if the, if the game's on free TV, they watch it, and if not, they don't. I mean, uh, there's got to be, in rural areas and stuff, there's probably a significant number. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I suppose those numbers are available. I just, but I mean, it seems to me it's odd because in in some venues, you know, the thing has to be on cable, or else they they refuse to do it because that's where they make all their money. Yet now in football, it appears that no, the the, the free guys are are willing to outbid the cable guys. And I just really, I would love to see all the. Well, when we say ESPN bought out of it, though, that includes ABC because they pretty much refer to all of ABC Sports now. Uh, right. as ESPN, like, the, like they might call it ESPN on a- a- ABC or whatever, but it's it, the, the over-the-air sports programming from them is all run through ESPN. I'm saying, but there doesn't appear to be an appreciably bigger, in other words, ESPN on Monday night, I don't think they pay as much for NFL as NFL on Sunday night, and, and Sunday night's free. So I'm, I'm wondering if, if they're almost... Com- you know, sort of competitive now. In terms of, you know, the, the, there's no way that the that the amount you and I pay for ESPN is paying for that Monday night football. It's all going to be advertising on top of them. I and the fact that we have ESPN in general, probably, but they've got so much stuff on ESPN. I wonder now if it's almost back to a, for that particular game or that particular day, whether it's almost a free auction between air and cable, and the air has some advantages. They probably have more people in every... I'm going to say that Sunday Night Football sells for more in advertising than Monday because there's 20,000, 10,000, 5,000, 100,000, 200,000 people 
They can listen. They can't listen on Monday night. So if I'm putting on a PTI commercial, I'd probably rather do it on Sunday night than Monday. Is I mean, it, the dynamic, I'd love to see it because it, it, it seems like it kind of comes and goes in here, doesn't it? Who's our sports marketing guy? Where's Weber when you need him? No, but didn't we have uh, we had a sports marketing guy on on the show? Um, oh, we had a, yeah. We should, you know we should get uh, what's his name? Uh, God bless the guy who did the uh, the marathon stuff for Abbott Labs, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. That's right. That's his name. We should probably try and get yeah, him. We back need hand. to get Jordan on. Yeah, I'll, maybe I'll text because it it seems like the, the I mean what was so obvious five years ago that only the cable wanted these people. Now all of a sudden, only this free wants them. And now it seems like they're almost, and 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 we get the same, you know, an even ping pong battle as they're going. The ball's going back and forth over the net. It, I just love, I just love to see how this all, because you know they're, they they've got these numbers down to you know pennies for God's sake, or at least they think they do. What's uh, so? What do you think about uh, Rokon Swift wanting out? Um, I, I still won't be surprised if they uh, come out in a couple of weeks and announce a long term deal with him. What um. He, he's, look, he's negotiating, uh, you know, and you know a lot of players, especially when it's their first time through the process of after uh, coming off of their rookie contract, uh, you know they they get kind of pissed because you're getting the cold slap that you know they, I know you know I thought they loved me, but now they don't want to pay me what everything I'm asking them to pay me. Well, I just the the amount of money is you know obviously it's it's way up there, and you can't even begin to say, gee, I you know I. I I should play for that. I would pay for that, so he should as well. So, you know, you can't go down that road. But the I would be really uh, use the term nervous. Uh, the last year of my five was it four year rookie contract? It's four, right? I'm not sure. Is it three, four, or five? It's somewhere in there. The last year of my rookie contract. Well, now if if I get hurt, I'm pretty much done. And by the way, I think the rookie contract. If that's your last contract, I don't think you're vested, Kevin. I don't think you get a pension. So if he plays this year without some sort of an extension or some sort of a of a bump at this point, he's he's all on his salary. And if something happens, and plus he's playing for a lousy team, uh, if something happens, you know, I, I'd, I'd be very concerned with something going forward just because the way the thing's set up, not even knowing Roquan Smith. But if that was me and I was been a starter for three, I'm going to say it's four years, th- for three years going into number four, and somebody says, well, if if you get hurt in the fourth game, we'll pay you the rest of the year, and that's it for you. I I might have a problem with that too. Yeah. So how does every every contract negotiation in the world work, or every successful one? You go into it, and you know what you would really like to get, and you know what you're willing to settle for, and you know when you're going to walk away. So in his case. What is what does he want to balance? Well, he wants to get paid by like one of the best linebackers in the league because that's you know that's he is because he is and he's you know yeah. he's, so he's earned that that right. But in addition, he wants he wants some protection. He doesn't want to take that. He doesn't want to take it to the end of the season because the incidence of injuries in the NFL is so high that you know it, it would not be unusual for him to have a like a serious knee injury or something like that, and then uh, and never to see that high that. You know, top linebacker in the in the league salary, so he wants he, he needs to balance those two, and Let's he, he and th- his agent have to decide. Um, you know, where's the give in salary to to immediately get the extension? Well, let's, uh, t- or let's is there no on. give in salary, and he wants the extension and the salary, and if he does, 
good luck to him. You might get that. You might get that. And he's saying, well, if you trade me, someone else will give it to me. And I don't know that that's true either. It was true when the Bears traded for, um, you know, the defensive lineman. Khalil Mack. His name that was the the pass rusher that they just traded again this year. Kevin, we got a dash. We'll kick. We'll pick this up on Friday. SP Futures up twelve. Nasdaq is up fifty three. Half hour away from the CPI number. Be right back, Mr. Russell Rhodes. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum of trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Eliani on the board. SB Futures up 12. NASDAQ Futures up 52 as we lean into this uh, CPI number. Now, the way these, uh, do we have Professor with us? I'm here. Are you, you're Good back, morning. Back, so, from, back from Alaska. Remember the movie with John back Wayne? Back from Alaska. You, first you went north to Alaska, just like the movie with John Wayne, right? How was it? I, it was great. I saw all kinds of cool stuff that you you. You know, you can see all kinds of cool stuff in Chicago as well, but you you can't see like whales and 
bears eating salmon and stuff. You can see homeless guys eating salmon on the side of the road sometimes, but <laughs> it's a different experience. Yeah. A little bit. That's awesome. So you uh, you didn't go up, you don't shake hands with the polar bear, I assume. I didn't go anywhere near that thing. No, no we saw regular bears. We didn't see polar bears. No, we gotta gotta go farther north for that. I think. Well, he was a brown bear, not a grizzly. No, a brown bear. Still, that's kind of toughing off if you come near the guy. Yeah, that's that, that, that's the entry level bear. <laughs> they don't look too scary at all. <laughs> they look like a big raccoon. I think they're tougher than that. But uh, anywho, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, raccoon, raccoons they, are they, scary. Though. Distance, they look like big raccoons. Uh, but then they 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 had a really nice you know field telescope that we could look at them with, and um, yeah, up close. Yeah, I didn't. I I'm, I think the telescope was the perfect way to look at them. What was the coolest thing you saw? What was the cool? I got to see how the whales all work together and trap fish and then all jump together and eat them. Well, that is really, really cool. Yeah. And I saw a glacier. I saw stuff fall off the glacier because, you know, a little warming. Right. Ugh. But, um, so, what was it? lots of cool stuff. Was it, was, a lot of cool stuff. Was it warm up there or, or unseasonally warm, cold? What was it? I was in the 40s and 50s. While, well, it was 50s, 60s while we were there. The week before it had gotten up to the 80s. Oh, that's not good. Well, the, uh, yeah, but they they have that uh, every I don't know. It, it's when the rest of the country was having like a really you know hot handle of hot few days as well. Oh, okay. Well, you know, so it's, it's funny it's, how quick it this, does happen. It wasn't. Well, it's funny how totally quick this stuff changes. Uh, in the in the western U.S., there's been this massive drought. Obviously, all you got to do is take was look at uh, Lake Mead, and yet mm-hmm. that whole area where where Hal lives in Utah, which was under a huge drought, Death, Death Valley got. More rain the other morning than they get in a whole year or something. I mean, all of a sudden that whole area just got some massive uh, thing came off the Pacific. Yeah, and that, that happened to the Yellowstone area, I believe, as well. Well, that's what caused the big flood. It, 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 there, there are different spots where it's just bad in different ways. Well, I mean, these guys needed the water, but uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's so bizarre. Have you, have you ever been in those areas when it when it does rain? I mean, it doesn't have to be. I mean, Vegas was the, uh, well, if you ever drive from Vegas to Phoenix, say, you, you probably go over 300 dry washes. And a yeah. lot of them have names. They're just, there's no water. All of a sudden, it rains. They're all, they're all live. They're all just alive. And, mm-hmm. then, you know, it might happen how many times a year. But, but in Vegas, they, there's dry washes in Vegas that now are, you know, beneath the hotels or some of the streets. One of the streets between the, uh, the hell's the name of the street? Between uh, uh, Bally's. Or between Caesars and uh, whatever one across that street is, the uh, that, that if you if you're there and it's raining, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll, the water would be six inches deep, and in one of the curbs, that's an old dry wash. The, the street is a is an avenue for waterheading, and, it, and it, do, it doesn't take much. I mean, an inch of rain and it, it's mm-hmm. all moving. There's no, it's like the whole thing's a big parking lot. But anywho, the uh, the the issue in, in Yellowstone was they they still had the snowpack and then got rained. And warm weather, yeah. so it all came flying down. Matter of fact, uh, Carl was out there hiking with his kids, like the day before the river. He said we were hiking up, and all of a sudden this this little creek is like racing down. And I told the kids we better get back to the car. I mean, this is not right. The thing should not be that fast. So they they headed, and uh, you know, but the river was. I mean, it's going to be a decade before they fix all that, right? There's, been, there's a couple of lodges that aren't even there anymore. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I was out west earlier this summer when all of that was going on as well. Yes, it's. Uh, uh, the weather has been very 
unpredictable and severe in different ways for different parts of the West. We flew on the flight home. I flew over a couple of wildfires. Really? As well, yeah. Get get to see the whole disaster from a, from a high level. Yeah, it's uh, it's always swell, isn't it? We my uh, one time I did something like that. Matter of fact, it was kind of an interesting uh, governmental story. Uh, it had to be nineteen ninety one ish. I think we just started PTI, and uh, I was on the just was on the board of the SIBO. So uh, one of our clients, kind of a crazy dude, but he was. I went to see him in St. Louis. They had that massive flood down in St. Louis. Was it ninety two, ninety three, something like that? And uh, mm-hmm. where you couldn't even Eliani was when you flew over it, you knew there were two rivers there, right? <laughs> the Missouri and the Mississippi. But all you saw was this massive. I'll use the term lake. Miles and miles and miles. You saw like roofs of houses just kind of poking out. I don't know how, how much the water had to go down before you knew where the rivers were. The whole the whole thing was like one massive. I don't even know what to call it. What the name would be, Russell? It was just the whole thing was just a massive overflow of some incredible thing. And uh, so we flew over that in a plane. I'm looking down, going, "My God!" I mean, the, you know, the, the news the news media doesn't begin to describe this thing. It's like something you can't even imagine. All you see is roofs of houses, and uh, anyway, when you see something like that, it just it really oh, yeah. t- takes on a size, doesn't it? But, uh, oh yeah, and, you, know, you know, I grew up on the Mississippi. Well, I mean, not on the not like Tom Sawyer on the Mississippi River, but I grew up in Memphis, and um, Memphis is up on a bluff, and it's set up to push the river in the other direction. And it's uh, when flooding goes on, it's amazing to see how far into Arkansas that thing goes. Well, if you ever. Uh, go to Cincinnati. We went there to see the Cubs play, and we uh, we had a motel across the across the, the water. So you had a hot foot. I, first of all, I had no idea how quick that water was run, running in the Ohio. Oh, yeah. and it's moving. And, uh, and oh so, man, I, you uh, I, I, this has come up multiple times this summer. But uh, back in high school, I, I knew a kid who said he was going to um, take a dip in the Mississippi, and we never saw him again. Uh, yeah, it runs. Yeah, no, he's he's out in the Gulf of Mexico somewhere now. It's been a long time too, you know. Well, it runs to the point of being uh, <laughs> dangerous. This whole this, this old crazy old Irish dude that I used to used to know. I think he's still alive someplace, but he had a uh, you know good sized boat and was down in southern Illinois. And he he would take it to the river and so forth. But he said if you tried to to come out of the Ohio and, and like make a right turn into the Mississippi at certain times of the year, he said if it's if it's flowing pretty good, there's there's trees, there's everything in there. He goes, he says, you, you got to be real careful. You do, you, you get behind a barge and you follow the barge, hoping that the, if anything coming down there, you hit the barge first. You don't just hit, get in the middle and head up thinking something's not going to whack into you. I mean, it's, stuff's more dangerous than you think. But anyway, oh, yeah. the, the flood walls at Cincinnati, you see where the flood walls are and you go, they got to be 200 feet above where the water was. Well, it gets there. Yeah, I'm saying it must must have got yeah. there at one point. Anyway, what yeah, it gets there. No, I I just I know we, you go, you go downtown and look at the river in Memphis when it was up well above flood stage, just to go wow. So, yeah, it's a, it's a serious amount of water. What? Um, mm-hmm. Well, the we took a uh, one of these architectural tours of the they they have these architectural tours of the city, and then they're like what three hour tours, like 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 the. Uh, the, you know Gilligan's Island, but there's actually one that's an entire day, and it's and it's uh it's you know it's it's, it's for serious people who want to learn stuff, and you go mm-hmm. all the way out and it's it's the entire history of the whole water 
waterways here in Chicago. You head down the lake and you enter in Calumet River, go through those lakes all the way up the Calsag Channel and turn around where it meets up with the Sanitary and Ship Canal and all the way back in the. And the guy's got a story for every factory, every bridge, you name it. It's one of the most educational things I've ever done. But it's, we left at 8 and we got back at 6. I mean, it's, it's a long way. And talk about the barge traffic and this and how deep they go and how. I mean, every, the guy's an, an absolute encyclopedia. And uh, it was, University of Chicago still runs it like once a year. Anybody who wants to give a day for something like that, I would, I would really highly recommend it if you can find it. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, all this stuff, you have no idea of, of, you know, they'll talk about this flood, that flood, and this was moved from here to there. And, you know, the history of this stuff is, is fascinating. It really is, Russell. I mean, obviously, we're not going to talk about it for the, the whole show. We got CPI to talk about. What, uh, yeah. What uh, What do you think? What do you make? What do you think about? Uh, we got the Musk story. We already talked a little bit about the uh, to be continued the raid on Miralago. How many people know mm-hmm. that that was originally a, a U.S. property? This the history of that thing is fascinating. Typical Trump stuff. Oh yeah, you. We talked when I stayed there a while back. Um, we talked about that. Yeah, it's a. Uh, was it? Was I was it, down there discussing policy with him. Yeah. Was it? Was it? Uh, Hines, was it Heinz cool. or Hunt? Owned what? the place. Was it Heinz Ketchup or Hunts or somebody owned the place, and the family gave it to the Nixon administration, I believe, for to use for like a second Camp David. And Nixon didn't like the place. I think it was Nixon, so it kind of just fell into kind of little bit of disrepair, and they sold it to Trump for you know twenty cents on the buck as usual, and. uh he threatened all the people around there. He wanted more property, what, for a golf course or something? He threatened them that he was going to put up high-rises and, and block their views so they sold him stuff or they approved it. Whatever, he did his usual Trump stuff. And now it's his, mm-hmm. But the house was actually built like the Heinzes or the Hunts or somebody. And it's a big, massive, massive place. The, uh, the, the, the house, I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you actually went in and were going to search that thing, You'd need an awful lot of people and an awful lot of hours. I mean, if you're going to do it like they do somebody's apartment here in the city. I mean, I hope they didn't do that to that place. But uh, anyway, with this, the CPI stuff, I got the last year, if, if you, when you compare this, the way these people, I won't say idiots, do it now, they, won't, they don't want to tell you what it is per the month. They want to tell you what the trailing yearly is. Near as I can figure, the, the July of last year that's fallen off, Russell, it looks like .99. Am I right on that? Point zero nine nine. So that so, so say one percent's fallen off. So if this month is over one, we'll be we'll see an increasing number. If it's under one, we'll see a decreasing number. Am I correct? I have not looked at the exact numbers, but if the numbers you're telling me are right, then yeah, you are correct. Because if you know, because if last year was like a point five, there's no way we were going to not increase in the new number they're using, right? But it's I think it was almost one, so we could we could come in under that uh, with the gasoline prices going down a little bit. I, I bet they're still not going to add the, the 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 incredible I won't say error on, on, on the housing prices. But uh, anyway, I was just yesterday. I was maybe boring all the Whenever whenever you basically go to to screw the population, which is what government does a lot, unless they're unless they're told not to, uh, you know, by votes or whatever. Whenever the, you go to screw the population. I think somewhere along the line, Russell, you have to somewhere be aware of your population and when you can screw them no longer because they're broke. I think <laughs> I, I think we're I think we're sort of getting there. I was uh talking to somebody the other night about being 
I think the person had, uh, and I think they're buying their own insurance. I think they make in the 40s or something. So they get uh, some Obamacare. Well, if they get the 10% raise, if, say, the inflation is going to be 8% for the next two years, right? So that's 16%. So if they get a 16% raise, they're, they're pushing, what, 52, 53. Well, they probably not only, they've probably gone up a tax bracket. I'm not sure where the cutoff there is. And, oh, by the way, now they're considered wealthy enough to pay for this insurance on their own without, without the government helping. That person, you just you just screwed them. I mean, you, what would you do to them? You just took out. They they had a tipping point where yeah. now they're rich. Yeah. And I, I don't think uh. that there's the the collective knowledge of what inflation does to people. I don't, I don't know that they that they know. I don't know that they care. But clearly, you know, I used to know because if a guy went from seventeen well, grand to twenty one, you don't, you know, and and we've talked about this before where I've. Trying to, it's it's a heck of a lot easier now, but trying to explain that inflation can be a thing when when I was you know teaching undergrads that and the you know the lack of response I got out of them they probably, hopefully if they remember they all think I'm some sort of a genius now but um, if you haven't really lived through it 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 it's one of those things in the past that can't happen again. Um, well, yeah, that's what I, that's what I think. Yeah, you know, I think that, and government. If you're in government, you're a decision maker, and you're being elected. You're pretty darn short sighted. You know, you're looking at the next two, the next six, or the next four years, depending on what your office is. Well, you're not as and 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 inflation is a big, 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 big boat to turn. And sometimes you can't do it, and you sometimes can't. I can't even really write the ship for two full years. Um, maybe more. But, yeah, and and if you're trying to do things to make your constituents happy, uh, one of the ways that you can do it is spend more money. Well, and you, I think you, that you're that, making it. Yeah, you're making it worse. Yeah, and, and that's going to make it worse. But I, so, you know, I, I, I still haven't, and, and I haven't dug into it as much as I should. But still, quite haven't understood how um, an increase in spending uh, bill is is anti-inflationary. Uh, yeah, you you would wonder about that. Well, uh, let's put other than other than that's the title of it. Well, if if you were to say, I mean, if you could actually believe these mopes, which you can't, if you were to say that that they're going to spend. Forty billion a year, and they absolutely were going to tax thirty and borrow ten, and the Fed would give them no help whatsoever. Then it's it's a purely Keynesian event, and it's not inflationary. But I'm going to say that has never happened. No, I'm racking my brain, and racking racking your brain on radio doesn't work real well, does it? No, Um, no. So, you know, if you're on TV, you could look like you were thinking. I could, I could be very pensive. You put the pipe, pipe up to your mouth and then you look like, you know, Sherlock Holmes like you're thinking or something. Well, that, that's what I'm doing right now, but it's not good radio. No, no. Um, but, you know, I... Yesterday, I, guy, I mean, it, uh, luckily they're not throwing as much gas on the fire as they could. Well, as they used to be. But, yeah. you, know, it, you know, it's kind of weird, and I... I I don't know. There's, there's, there's the levels of the chessboard that I always refer to. If you never watch Star Trek, you don't have no idea what I'm talking about. 
But uh, Kirk and Spock used to play a, a chess game where there were three different boards. So you could be winning on the bottom level and the second level you're getting your ass kicked, basically, right? So I don't know how, the hell you, ever, how you ever won, whether you had to win two or three or whatever, but I'm not much of a chess guy. But it seems to me that with all the... It looks like we got a bunch of people snarling at each other in Washington, but when you look be, un, beneath the scenes and you get rid of the, the snarling, it seems like there they are somebody somewhere has got them on a bipartisan serious direction here is we're, we're going to take care of the one percenters this lady out of the blue somehow how relieved do you think everybody else was when she took it upon herself to get rid of the carried interest I mean how relieved is some of the other people getting money from these from Wall Street was that she she was willing to put herself out on the meat cleaver board and say I'll, I'll, I'll take the hit for this one for the two million dollars you gave me and help me figure everybody will forget it. But somewhere, someplace, I honestly believe, somebody understands that one of the ways you wiggle your, your behind out of a massive debt problem is to inflate the currency so that you're paying people back on 30 cents on the buck 10 years from now. Well, that, and that was always my... Uh, I, I, I get undergrad questions, and the, the, you know, should I be really worried about you know, the national debt which I think they they felt like they were asking a pretty clever question, and my response was, "Don't be overly worried about it. Uh, don't be worried about the national debt part. But the best way to you know, reduce the debt is for it to be worth less, and just our inflate ourselves away from it. And that 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 will probably uh, that that'll probably be a longer term result of what we see going on right now. Well, I mean, if you Take one of your millions and put in a ten-year note, and and they don't clean up the inflation, and it averages ten percent a year for ten years. Wh- what are you getting back? Three hundred, two eighty. Um, definitely something less than half. Yeah, it's got to be way less than half. Yeah, well, I'm just I'm thinking about the interest rate differential and everything, but um, yeah, probably around three hundred. Yeah, and it's a, it's a. You know, a, a buying power. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of an amazing scene. Now the question is, if the inflation's that high, can the Fed continue to pour enough money in to keep interest rates negative? Because I, I don't, they they might be at the end of the rope there too. I mean, could they, you know, could they do another hundred billion this week if they felt like it? Yeah, they're nine trillion in, but I don't know if they can go to twenty. I, can, I mean, you know, they, there's, there's there's a limit someplace somewhere. The here. thing is, they if they have to, they may try it. Uh, they're they're getting to uh, they're they're they're, they're, con- they're concerns because you know it, because it, because it's so obvious to everybody. Well, it's again, you know, you're, and, you're and getting some pushback. I, I've heard the the you know the gasoline has come down. You know the gas at the pump has come down a little bit every day for a whole lot of days in a row, but it's still kind of a high number relative to history. Well, plus. You and I know that, yeah. that if gasoline comes down and, and you keep pouring money in, which they have stopped doing, by the way, if they keep pouring money in, it's just going to sprout out somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I guess, what's your read? I mean, in, in Chicago, you know, when, when you got the people like, uh, well, Bobby Rush is retiring. When you've got the people like Danny Davis, you got, you know, Mike Quigley, who's pretty insulated. Mm-hmm. I mean, countrywide, though, I have to believe the pushback from the citizenry and 
on the representatives that mo- in most places in the country I think are are fairly close to the citizenry, the pushback has got to be getting pretty intense. I mean, what are you doing? I can't afford anything. Look at my electric bill. Look at this. Look at that. I mean, look at my rent. I mean, how many people? I mean, you're 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 talking about Social Security went up what three percent last year and rent went up twenty. I mean, it, it, yeah. I mean, and old people are not are not afraid to no, say I, something. And, to these guys. and old people are, are the ones that are very fixated on that. Well, and they're not afraid to talk yeah. either. Yeah, I mean, I, I have yeah. to believe there there is but some. They, they show up and vote is where I was going to go with that. Is um, they're very, they they pay very close attention to that, and they're also you know much more likely. I say they. I'm I'm starting to get close to there as well. Um, so older folks are more likely to vote, and especially if they feel like it has a what they can see as a direct impact on their day to day life. Well, they're also they're also yeah. when we go down the road here. They're also freer. I mean, if, if how can I how can I explain this? If if you go into, if you if you're running for president and you walk into some diner, you're probably not going to get some kid. I'm going to say somebody 32 years old with with a lot of school debt that has a job he absolutely needs. You're not going to get that guy or girl giving you a bunch of crap that you're going to end up on TV, maybe, in your employee, no. in your employee see that, it. Yeah. But if somebody, if you got some blue-haired lady or some, maybe some, some older dude uh, that's sitting at the, at the counter, they don't care. If, if they think you're a crook and you're, and you're stealing money from them because the price of their coffee just went up 40 cents, they're going to tell you. They, they have a much different view of freedom than somebody who's I mean, you're not going to get a big employee from Microsoft or Google to go out on a political limb, unfortunately. But I know I'm walking on weird water here, but... Uh, no, you're not, because they've got to... And, you, you you know, I, I I speak to you once a week and then about this stuff, but I'm, you know, there, I'm... I'm I, gosh, it sounds like I'm humble bragging, but I, I always have a lot of different, you know, balls up, up in the air. Right. So I'm I'm not sitting around um, reading news uh, or watching news channels or, or really doing a whole doing much like that. Uh, so I know I know what's going on in the world, but you know my capacity to uh, take a half a day off and go to a you know go see whoever's running for whatever office speak somewhere. I, I don't have it in me. Hell, that's not what I want to do. Well, I, I even do a lot of political stuff on Twitter now, so that I really only hear about the markets. Well, yeah, um, maybe. Plus, you don't. It, and it, I'm going out of my way to avoid the stuff. Well, you also have to be, if you go on CNBC and do, do some massive controversial thing. Um, you're you're a professor at the University of Indiana. I mean, you you have yeah. you know you. It's not like you're speaking for them, but you also uh, you got to be you you want to be someone. I won't say careful. Because I don't think they're going to fire well, you, but you want to just—you don't want to be an idiot either, and you're not going to be. Right. I mean, there, there's, there's a, a very large con- country in Asia that does things that absolutely infuriate me um, on a pretty regular basis these days. But um, there, there are there are reasons that I have to deal with people from that country, so I, I don't say nearly as much as I think. Well, when we, you know, after uh, after break, uh, when we come back, we got we'll talk, obviously got to talk about these CPI numbers, and I'll do some research on those. But I, uh, I've never, I mean, you you have a much, 
you've been to China a bunch of times. I haven't been there, nor, nor do I care about going really. But uh, this idea of having two two countries almost on a semi-war footing that are so attached to the hip money-wise with companies in both places, I, I don't I don't think I've even read anything like that. I mean, you you would think that uh, you know if France would fight Germany like they do every used to do every thirty years or so, right? Uh, that there'd be so many people that own businesses in both places that there'd be a hue and cry about, hey, why don't we stop fighting? We're not going to make any money doing that. But it doesn't seem like there ever was that, that big of a connection business-wise. But this China-U.S. thing is, it's really tight in terms of money and investments and stuff. I don't, if a war were to start, I, I can't even imagine what, what that would do to both economies, Russell. I mean, uh, maybe you can opine on that once we get done with the CPI stuff. But uh, what, what are they expecting mm-hmm. today anyway, Point eight or something? I didn't, I didn't even look. But I'll, I will I will dig I will I will dig I'll dig up the expect what, what the expectators say. Remember remember old Mayor Daly when they said we well, got all these allegations. He said, "Show me the alligators." <laughs> God Almighty! <laughs> so I want to say, uh, "Show me the expectators." Uh, who are these guys? Uh, any, anywho, we'll, we'll have those numbers when we come back, and uh, and we'll. Uh, well, wait a minute. Where are we? What time is it? Yeah, seven twenty-nine. Well, those numbers when we come back. And we'll figure out what the economic was, and I'll, I'll get the list up here, and we'll go through it. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas, and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you, smart Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate this summer, could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates and a good inventory make adding bricks and mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. 
Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Stocks, jocks, Stocks jocks, stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Saxon Jackson. I'm Tom Aliani on the board. SP Futures up 70. Yeah, 70. NASDAQ Futures up 310 as, as the CPI came in at zero. No stink in inflation last month. Uh, core is 0. 0.3. It was supposed to be 0. 0.5. So if you buy that, uh, well, I gotta, maybe i got a bridge for you. But we know it's going to come down some because of the uh, um, your stuff with gasoline and so forth. But uh, it, uh, we didn't expect it to be there. And... Uh, so now that we got the Dow's up 400 points, we've got all kinds of stuff. So, uh, matter of fact, uh, I'll just go through the stuff that um, we're not even getting the feedback in from Europe and stuff yet. So I'll just do the stuff that we know about. Obviously, Asia, we know about that one. Nikkei down 180.6%, Shanghai down 17.5%, Hang Seng down 392. That's almost 2%. 19,610. We've got a huge move up in the uh, move up in the euro. Is up uh, over one point, so it's up to one hundred three two one versus the dollar. So we got that moving, and we've got the. Uh, why don't you do traffic, weather, sports, and I'll go through the rest of it because we're getting delayed quotes from everywhere. So moving so fast. All right, no worries. I got you covered. Good morning, everyone. Currently seven thirty four a.m. on August tenth. Let's talk about last night's games. Sox and Royals had a doubleheader yesterday. Sox won the first game three to two and lost the second one four to two. Cubs lost to the Nationals last night six to five, and the Diamondbacks beat the Pirates six to four. Looking at weather in Chicago, I'm going to refresh my page here. It's a beautiful day so far. Uh, currently sitting at 63 degrees with a high of 84 and a low of 60, so gorgeous day. In Phoenix, Arizona, uh, there is an air quality alert, so be mindful of that. But right now, currently clear skies, 85 with a high of 101 and a low of 84. And looking at traffic in Chicago this morning, we have traffic all over. We have traffic east by 1990 between East North Avenue all the way to downtown approaching the 290 I-94 construction intersect. Uh, we have traffic westbound on 290 between Holman and 17th. Traffic northbound, sorry, intermittent traffic northbound on 294 between Route 50 and Highway 34 and between the I-88 ramp and Irving Park Road. We have traffic eastbound on I-90 between the 294 Tri-State ramp and Lawrence and westbound between Lawrence and West Higgins. We got traffic eastbound on 94 between Cicero and Canalport. We have traffic westbound 94 between East 130th and Foster. Traffic northbound 55 between Route 171 and South Damon with an accident at Pulaski. And southbound on the Stevenson between South Damon and Harlem with an accident at Central. Got a little bit of congestion northbound on Lakeshore between the Stevenson Ramp and East Randolph and southbound on Lakeshore. A little bit of congestion between Chicago and East McFetteridge. Back to you, Chief. What's going through the, uh, what do you think of those numbers, uh, Russell? Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm still digging through. I don't think it's as, well, I'm trying not to talk my book, but uh, you're definitely right on, you know, gasoline down 7.7%. Well, I've, I've got the big categories energy down four point six percent. I'm wondering if, um, yeah, and, and there's there's so many different components and everything that it's difficult to have like an instant first read. But you know, you got to assume that seasonally we expect gasoline to go up in the summertime. It normally does, and just the fact that it was trending in the opposite direction um, makes me wonder if the seasonality makes it look lower than it really was. 
Um, well, they've got all items. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you, you've got I've, I've, just the, the big numbers. We've got, we've got food is up 1%, right? Up 1.1. And we've got energy down 4.5. So that's the, the big chunk. I'll use the term above the line, right? And now you've got uh, below the line, you've got all these other commodities and so forth. But I, I don't, I don't really buy. The part that I, I don't, I don't get is, is we're still talking about, uh, well, new vehicles are is up. We got used new cars are up, used cars are up. Well, all that stuff's up. Uh, but I'm getting down to med- medical uh, prescription drugs. They're up. Uh, non-prescription drugs. I'm trying to think of anything that's down here. Video equipment down a little bit. Um, where am I getting? I'm trying to find rent. Uh, education down. How, how could how could education be down? Uh, the because <laughs> yeah. you don't pay tuition in July. I guess okay, but now you've got I'm, I'm um, smart you've got rent a shelter up point uh, six percent, but it's only up five point eight. This is rent of primary re- residence, right? Uh, this is this is the owner um, essentially the owner's equivalent rent. Now, how how you have this number in here? It's five point eight. Okay, is is the raise year over year? Now we've got home prices are up twenty one percent and mortgage rates are up what thirty percent. So how you can how you can put out a piece of paper with a number that says five point eight on it? I have no idea. And an actual rent, if your rent of primary residence is up six percent, I challenge anybody to find any area in the country where it's not up twenty five percent. I I know for a fact that. Um, what I rent down in Indiana, uh, if I renewed right now, it would be uh, it, it, it's basically forty percent higher. Um, yeah. And and I live in I, I I'm living about one level above homeless down there. So you're like a congressman. At least you're not sleeping. In your I am. Office. No, I am. I got a I got a bed and a desk. Yeah, but you don't. But you don't. Uh, those guys sleep in their office, then run down to the health club to shower. At least you're not doing that. Nah, I decided not to do that. Oh. I, there, there was a professor that was doing that when I started there. So when you throw your because, robe... When you because throw, his wife had thrown him out. When you, when you do the... Uh, that sucks. Yeah, when you, when you throw the robe... I know, robe he couldn't find a place to live in COVID, so he was sleeping in his office. Oh, it's, uh, yeah. Sad. It's, uh, that's not good. Car and truck rental down 11% on the year. I don't know if I buy that either, but... But you look at these numbers, and again, they're every, everything's in here. Um, you know, health insurance. But the interesting part is, health insurance is is point eight six percent of somebody's basket. Uh, medical care services, six point seven percent of somebody's basket. It's twenty percent of the economy, Russell. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here trying to back into how much would I need to be making for it to be one percent of my annual cost. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's it's really something. I I uh, I want I want a race that gets me to that point right there. Yeah, I, I was digging up some stuff, and again, it's really sloppy. I'll, I mean, I'll send it to you. You can make more head head or tail out of it. But I I dug up some massive document regarding uh, hospital stays, the, the price of a hospital stay for various diseases. Of course, there's like hundred diseases in there. I don't know what that little disease is. Uh, thank God, uh, but. And, and, you know, I have to assume the stay could have been anywhere from one night to five nights, whatever, and how long you stay for certain things. And from 1997 to 2010, it was an average of like 2.9% a year on the way up. But it got to where most of the hospital stays in uh, 2010 were 
you know, 10 grand, 15 grand, 16 grand, something like that. Well, now one night, the, the, the average cost of one night is like 10, 10, 7. So we're almost talking about one night is almost the same as a two or three night stay was 12 years ago. Well, that's not, that's not reflected in, in this. I mean, at all. I mean, uh, you know, so I mean, there, there's things that just aren't reflected. The, the you know the idea that your uh, you know higher education and so forth is 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 tripled since 2000, and they they've probably got it at what, going up 20 percent or 50 or something. I mean, it's, it's not even close. But so you have to look at these numbers. But but the market sure likes it because it it shows yeah. it, I mean, it shows that the Fed now they're all 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 day now they're going to be talking about a pivot. And we're not going to be three quarters of a percent. We're not even going to be half percent. There might not even be a November or September increase, which you know they're dying not to do going to the election anyway. They're going to be telling everybody how good they're fighting this inflation and how, how good everything is. And that's going to be the party line. Now, the question is, is everybody going to believe it? Is the market going to believe it? I, so far, they are. S&Ps are up 71. So, you know, kind of that's where that is. But So where do you... Where? Yeah, as far as the initial market reaction to it, um, and of course, of course, I tweeted out how we have been down on every single uh, CPI number in 2022 late yesterday. So I'm looking really smart right now. Oh, you were you were right. So, so maybe maybe a part of me is talking my book a bit, but uh, or at least talking what I put out there. But um, you got to wonder. You got to wonder how much of. Um, the bullish moves that we've been getting lately are shorts just filling in the towel. I and think there's some of that. I, I yeah, think if, you, that. if you're on the wrong side of, of the moves that we've had as of late, uh, one of the things you've been able to hang your hat on is, well, you know, inflation. We've got, you know, inflation continues to be an issue. We haven't tackled it yet. Uh, you, ju- you just lost one of your arguments today, at least for the short term. Well, you have the the last two and a half years with the COVID and everything, you had a period of time, an 18-month period of time, where I think the the Fed put, increased the money supply by 22%. And I think, if you do the calculation on the market, and all the indexes are a little different, you find the market's up 22%, almost exactly. Duh. So, the, 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 mar- yeah. the markets are going up because they're being revalued based on the value of the dollar. It's not Apple going up, it's the dollar going down in a lot of ways. Now, other than people in your class and people who listen to the show, nobody thinks like that, Russell. Nobody does. Nobody thinks that at all. The idea is, well, Apple's going up, which, which it is in relation. Yeah. Which it, but the point being is everybody doesn't want the manna from heaven to end. So however they can turn this inflation thing around to where Oh no! The Fed is always going to be pouring money in. It's always going to be one and a half percent. We can't wait to get back there. As long as that keeps going, you're going to find asset appreciation going up and people being able to borrow money way less than uh, for negative interest. The right people, and you're going to find this continual uh, shift of wealth from most of the people to a few people. And there's a lot of people who want to keep that party going, and that's my view of it. And and the party will keep going, and something really bad happens. Where you and I know that if if you try and stop the bleeding early on, it's a lot hard. It's a lot harder after you let people bleed out. But it looks like everybody's happy here. These people control the press. Not, you know, I'm not. I'm just saying that the, 
I don't know if the the person is. It's not like there's a guy behind the curtain in eyes, but there's there's a there's a pattern here, isn't there? <laughs> it seems to me. Oh yeah, no, and, and unfortunately, anything that that's more than one step goes over a lot of people's heads. Right. You know, it's it's uh, you know I'm I'm making you know I'm, I'm making more money than I did on an absolute basis. Um, but then you just start to, to realize that uh, you can't do as much or buy as much. Yeah, it's very possible that, you know, and again, maybe I'm just grasping at straws because um, the CPI was such a shock, but it's very possible that, uh, you know, July normally benefits from a whole lot of people going on vacation and uh, people are having to do extremely scaled down or vacations or even sticking very close to the home for the week that you have off because it costs so darn much to fill up your tank. Well, the uh, and that and that you know that that's been a uh, a tipping point for prices not not being able to raise prices. I mean, I, tr- I truly believe. Actually, I know because that uh, um, I saw the July gasoline consumption numbers, and uh, we bought less gas in July than we did in June. And um, we know that's a very uh, supply demand oriented market. So the reason that the price of gas has been coming down is because fewer people have been uh, stepping up and filling up their tanks. Well, I you know I and, think it's probably... so. You know we the the way that you get you know the big fear about getting inflation under control is that you're going to have to um, dramatically slow the economy. And you know we haven't seen any numbers that incorporate July into a GDP number. No, well, well we, won't, we won't start seeing that for a while. No, the Atlanta so, Fed will probably yeah. start out uh, a little bit here, but I just I mean, you look at some of these things here, and and, and this is when you talk about inflation. Obviously, when you talk about this, the basket, uh, the the basket as it relates to you. Now, if you're if you're 25 years old and healthy as a horse, like most people are under 25, the idea of prescription drugs going up, what do you care? It's not part of your basket. You know, beers beers at the at the local bar are, are your basket, right? I mean, basically, yeah. Uh, and, and going to Cub games and other stuff that's your basket, I mean, which is fine. Everybody should be young once, and I wish it lasted longer. Um, but now, if you're seventy, uh, the idea of prescription drugs being, you know, what percentage of your basket would they would they be? It would be, you know, God knows a different number. But I'm looking here, uh, the care of. Uh, Invalids and elderly at home in nursing homes and adult day services for the last year, 4.5% and 3.7% increase. I don't know of anybody who has a, a parent that's in that situation that hasn't seen that number go up at least double digits. Have you? Luckily, I'm not in that situation right now, but um, those, and those numbers, the, the health care numbers tend to be... Uh, some of the last ones to move because a lot of those numbers are contracted in on a year-over-year basis. And we did see a big bump um, back in the spring when the new, you know, when, when everything started to finally work its way through to a government number. So I, my assumption is that number is still kind of light, but will be one of the ones that's still going on, still going up or going up faster than the rest of the basket for some time. Well, one of the guys I do some business with, I don't know what he, I don't know if he was in college or what he did, uh, 
he had a job selling uh, what end of life insurance, like you know your your the the, the hospice. Money. Yeah, well, I, yeah, basically, basically selling hospice care. Uh, but I think it had to do with something with the nursing, whatever. But it, whatever whatever thing he was selling back in the day was like twenty five grand. It's probably ten years ago. He says now it's like one hundred and fifty. <laughs> massive change. And mm-hmm. uh, so I mean, we we. I, th- I think you, you you constantly. I mean, my view of the world always is the people I talk to on a daily basis from different income brackets, and I see them hurting pretty much on this. And I and I know it's really hard. I mean, the people at Pullman, when I got there, if you're making seventeen grand in the plant, and four years later, three and a half years later, when I left, you're making twenty two. You think you did good, but actually, if you looked at the inflation and you looked at the the tax bracket you you just probably went up two or three tax brackets because they were that narrow in those days i think you're doing a lot worse but nobody unless you really put it down and you want to piss yourself off nobody goes through that calculation muscle and, and you're certainly not encouraged to do it by your government no and you, and it 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 becomes more of um things that just kind of fade into your memory right it, it, and it's not, I, I don't know, it's not something that, it, it's one of those things that, that it's like the, the frog in the, you know, you're turning up, the, it, you throw them in the pot of water and you keep turning the temperature up until it, until it gets him. But he doesn't really realize what's going on around him because it's just been so gradual. Um, well, pretty much. And I think that, that, I think that is how governments all over the world try to do things. Especially if you have the ability to play some long game, play the long game. Well, and the, and the qualities, the quality is always a problem. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that you know the medical care today is, to be blunt, is worth more. Because it's a lot better, right? And in, in some mm-hmm. in some areas, in some it's not. I don't know how much better you know a, a night stay in the hospital is any different than it was 20 years ago. But I mean, uh, a night stay is a night stay. I mean, you, the equipment's probably a little better, but. You know, should it be ten times more? I don't know. Maybe not. But, uh, but the, uh, but, you, but somewhere along the line, you get, you have to put some sort of a, a governor on it. You say, all right, wait a minute now. I mean, right now we've got the way I look at it your, is your median income, say, is thirty seven. Is a whole year's salary worth three and a half nights in a hospital? And if if you went back thirty years, it wasn't even close to that. Oh gosh, no. I mean, right yeah. now, right now, the average price of a car is over. It's, it's virtually a year's salary. Now the cars are going to last longer than they did thirty years ago. I know that, but are, is it is it that much different? I mean, it's it's a it's an amazing. I mean, Audrey was on uh, on Monday, and of course, being in the real estate business, I mean, in, in her area, I mean, Audrey always tries to get the best price she can for people, and everything's always competitive. So when I when I lob one out at her and say, "Well, gee, you know, in the last year and a half." Uh, People's wages have gone up eight percent, and the price of houses has gone up twenty-five. Somewhere along the line, those two ships collide. Well, you know, she really didn't want to hear that. I mean, it's, but I mean, no. I mean, but the average, the median house price now is up to four sixteen. That's where was it? You know, where was it uh, five years ago? Two eighty. I was going to say it was under three. Yeah, it was under three, and yeah. I don't, and I don't see the average person getting a thirty percent raise. So if not, someday somewhere you run into a spot where, uh, and, and and if you're if you're lucky, it it do, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you're if you if you're going to a period of time where, you know, Mister and Missus Russell, 
uh, you're doing something, you're working for the SIBO, whatever you're doing, she's doing whatever she's doing, and all of a sudden you land in the place, you're lucky enough, if you can afford it day one, neither one of you get laid off. Somewhere along the line you get some raises, you've got some good stuff happening to you, good stuff happening to her, even with the little ones coming along and the dog that you got to pay for. As long as you're there for 20 years, it probably works out fine for you. But God help, yeah. God help that in the middle, all of a sudden you have to move and take the family with you, and then all of a sudden the house is down... You don't care if it's down thirty thousand when you bought it if you never have to move, really. But if all of a sudden you do and you just put the thirty down, you're sitting there go, well, there just went my savings. And a lot of it has to do with, can we move upward and onward from here if we don't get so damn greedy that we cause a problem? I think the answer is yes. I don't know that I count on these people to not do that. Oh, I I have no faith whatsoever. Yeah, I mean. and I just don't, I, you know, I, I guess now that I've, you know, I'm, I'm at a certain age where maybe I've just become so, I've seen them screw things up so many times and realize that there's a disconnect in what they want and what's really needed that, that I just don't expect them to do the right thing. Well, I mean, but and the right thing, and the right thing's a tough thing, you know? Well, the, whenever you well, say well, the right thing, you well, got to say, the right for who now for this yeah. lady in, in Arizona demanded the carried interest come back. She got two million dollars from Wall Street people in her first term, so for her, that's the right thing to do. Yeah, it is the right thing to do. And for the people who are making the money to come up with the two million to buy her off, it's the right thing to do. Okay. And if they're paying two million to buy her off, what is that worth to them? Oh, how much? Well, what do you think the capital gains on hedge funds across the board? Versus versus nine. Yeah, just got to wonder how much. Yeah, uh, you got to wonder how much uh, how much more we would take in tax wise. It, uh, well, it, we, it's we, definitely got to be worth a lot more than two million dollars. We'll, well, look at the uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, look at the look at the rally in the in the in the market in the last year. You know, we had the, we had a downturn, but I mean, since COVID, mm-hmm. we're still up. What I mean, all most of that stuff is going to be capital gains now, right? Yeah, and it's taxed at what twenty instead of thirty five. It's a big number. Yeah, they did get a, uh, and I haven't looked into it as much as I want to, but they did get a uh, tax on buyback. Yeah, um, it's only like only like one percent. One percent still. That's uh, yeah. You're, now that it's at one percent, how long is it going to take for it to get bumped to you know five? What um, if you were back in the? Uh, Boy, back in the day when we were when we were trying to design this one class executive compensation plans, so as executives, you know, move toward the long term growth of the company and shareholders and so forth. I don't know that anybody. And one of the things that that people started to want to pay board members and people in the uh, in the executive branch, executive branch, the executive suites. What the idea was to to tie them together into stock pricing. The idea being, if you want them to do what's good for shareholders, you wanted them to be essentially shareholders, correct? And and on a theoretical level, I mean, if you were teaching that class 35 years ago, 40 years ago, you would you would probably be pushing for something like that, wouldn't you? Would you have guessed that 35 years later that you would load these guys up with these bonuses, and then they would they would buy the stock up to where the guys would cash in their bonuses to where sometimes over a period of five or six years 
the company never paid a dividend, never even really made any money, and yet the chairman made like four hundred million dollars. Would you, would you have ever guessed that? Um, not to the extreme that it's happened, but I, I do. Te- what you're referring to is the agency problem. Yeah. Where you want, you know, you want management to do every single action that management takes is in the best interest of uh, the owners or the shareholders, and that and and that's just impossible. They got to worry about themselves at least every once in a while. Well, when they're negotiating their very best salary, they're thinking about themselves and not the uh, not the shareholders, which is fine. There should be a happy balance in there. Um, but uh, we've seen more and more. Uh, they just get more creative with the uh, with the ways to get compensated that maybe don't infuriate shareholders. Well, they, they or don't. Saying that they're they're being tied to the stock price doesn't really do you a whole lot, a whole lot of good because um, a good portion of what influences the stock price is completely out of the CEO's control. Well, one thing that does influence the stock price is a dividend. It does. It does, because it pushes it down. But you would never, I mean, in, in that class... So, and there has been that exact issue. Well, in that class, if I'd have walked in at my current age right now and when people were discussing, I would have said, you don't want to do that. These people will never pay a dividend. Or if they do, it'll be a smaller one than they ever should. They'd look at you like you had two heads. You would, you would never anticipate, at least... The, na- and the naive people that we were, you would never anticipate that the, 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 the executive group would go off the rails that far in, co- in competition with the shareholders for money to where you have people that have made, you know, a billion dollars in a firm that's never made a dime or never paid a dividend. I mean, we, we, we've seen that happen with some of these uh, stocks that have raced up in the last year, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Now, you know, does that mean the board should be all, you know, put in the town square? I don't know. I mean, it's obviously they they don't think they even screwed up, probably. No, as long as the stock price is going up, and they're part of it, and you know, yeah. So what? Uh, what are the? Are you, you you are not teaching summer school? You are. What are you doing? I am not teaching summer school. I start back down there. Um, actually, I have to be down there next week. I'm supposed to. Uh, half the uh, half the Rhodes household has COVID right now. How many? So how all, many times? I'm not, and I'm not one of them. How many times have they had it? This is the first time that anybody in the Rhodes household has tested positive for COVID. Okay. I'm starting to get a, and I don't even want to talk about it, but I'm going to lob it off. Is everyone the okay? Yeah, everybody all right, I assume? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, uh, I haven't seen one of my daughters for like two days. She hadn't come out of her room, but, you know, we also have another word for that, mm. the weekend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I but I, I think my wife's doing a little bit better this morning. That's good, good. Good. I mean, some of the younger people uh, that have had it recently, they, you know, they've had it. It's you know, nobody's going to hospital, nobody's dying, thank God. But uh, it's been a solid week for some people. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, it took me like two weeks and change to recover. And you're a young person. Yeah, I am a young person, but yeah, no, it was it was it was, it was it was gruesome. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty terrible. I couldn't really talk for a while, and honestly, it wasn't until like because I've. It was. It's been a little over a month that I've been sick, but I've only just like recently started actually feeling okay. I was exhausted all the time, and then like I, I never got. It took me a while to get my voice back because I was coughing literally every day for two weeks, and, and whatever a, else comes with that. It was, it was pretty terrible. It's a serious pain in the ass, and everybody everybody gets it like a little different than the next person, which yeah. is even crazier. Yeah, I think I think the exhaustion was the worst part. 
is like I couldn't I I couldn't sleep enough. Like I would sleep and sleep and sleep. It was never enough. So and that was that's after, how I feel right yeah. now. And that was so, that was after I, I tested I go negative. Yeah. Up my nose and find out how I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. Well, good luck with all that, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> SP Futures. Yeah. Hey, we're we're only up sixty six now after the the CPI number that came in at zero zero. Huge shack. SP Futures up sixty six. Nasdaq Futures up two ninety four. They were up over three. Back tomorrow, stocks and jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.